0: And welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 96, three recent, well-off-the-beaten-track time travel movies. Well, how's that for a nice, short, elegant title for a podcast episode, but that's what this episode will be about. It's near the end of 2014, and I was fortunate enough this year to see... Not one, but three little-known, or at least little-known or totally unknown to me, time-travel movies throughout the year. And I wrote written reviews. Actually, if I wrote it, it was a written review. What else would it be? But I wrote three reviews of these movies shortly after I saw them, and I thought a good way of letting more people know about these movies, because they are each excellent, would be to do a podcast in which I said a little bit more about each of these movies. So let's start with a movie called Dimensions which uh, came out in 2011, but I didn't get to see until earlier this year, 2014. And I think of the movie as watercolor time travel. In fact, I saw the movie on an evening when there was a winter storm howling at my doors in New York. And so I took refuge in Dimensions that night, It was a lushly beautiful time travel movie and it's available on iTunes and Amazon Instant Video. The director, Sloan Uren, has previous credits as a set designer in television shows ranging from Alias to Six Feet Under and his talent shows in Dimensions. The movie, which tells a close-up Story of a young scientist in 1920s England, obsessed with time travel, moves like an impressionistic painting from scene to scene, with images and textures and lenses that brush the soul. There's a palpable innocence in the movie, which almost makes it akin to Primer, or Primer, I guess it's pronounced Primer, I don't know how to pronounce that, But Dimensions is barely about paradox and time loops. Now, you know I love those in time travel stories, so it's saying something that I still very much enjoyed, Dimensions, which is really much more about love, sought and lost, accidental and deliberate, than it is about time travel paradoxes. The movie also resonates with Daniel Faraday and Lost, which also has the charm of the young man as scientist, though again, Dimensions is manifestly not about the world-changing implications of time travel that we found in those Faraday episodes of Lost. The first part of the movie is indeed so uncontrived, a rarity for any time travel story, that it almost seems like a young adult or even a younger tale. But as the movie progresses, we get a romantic triangle of characters in their 20s. The acting in this section is very good. The most memorable coming from Olivia Llewellyn and Camilla Rutherford's quietly powerful performances. And there's also good work from Henry Lloyd Hughes as the scientist. And this, more than the storyline, makes this part of the movie blossom. Anthony Neely, whose main previous movie credits are in music, wrote the screenplay for Dimensions and the story indeed progresses like a song, with verses and repeated chorus and bridge, an apt form for a time travel tale, or maybe an etude from Claude Debussy. Watercolors and Tears, a story that moves like Donovan's Where You Love Like Heaven. Where you love like heaven. It's a beautiful song. Not in the movie, but the movie reminded me of that song. And those attributes make dimensions an unusual and even remarkable time travel story, which not only takes place in the 1920s, but almost feels as if it was written and filmed back then, had such evocative color cinematography as we have today been available back in the 1920s. So, see it if you'd like a compelling introduction to what time travel could be, or the sense of wonder you had when you first encountered your first time travel story at 12 years of age. Well, the next movie that I had the pleasure of seeing was uh, this past summer, the summer of 2014. It's entitled, I'll Follow You Down. I thought it was an excellent time travel movie. And uh, after I saw the movie, I noticed that it had received some scathing reviews in the traditional media, including The Hollywood Reporter. Just another example of the myopia of many movie critics, I'll Follow You Down, was a fine, small-scale, but large-idea time-travel movie. By small-scale, I mean that the movie concerns one family only, grandfather, daughter, and husband, and their son and his girlfriend. There's no gunplay except one time, no history of the world at stake, none of the things we've come to expect in time travel on the big screen, and which, by the way, I also very much enjoy. That is, I love big time travel movies, too. But I'll Follow You Down has something else, which is actually more rare in time travel stories. We see the effect of time travel on a few human beings. In this case, the time traveler's family. Now, to do this well, a movie has to make the time travel seem plausible, real enough so that those characters who realize what has happened to their family can take some action to correct it. At the same time, the story has to respect the paradoxes of time travel, especially the chestnut of, if I travel to the past to correct the problem, and I succeed, how will I know about the problem in the first place in the future? Multiple universes or realities are one way of dealing with this, a good way. Uh, To give you an example, if I travel to the past and prevent my grandparents from meeting, well, then how did I travel to the past in the first place? Because I wouldn't have been born. So the multiple worlds hypothesis would say that at the instant I prevented my grandparents from meeting in the past, at that very moment, that action created a new reality or universal or world in which I wasn't born. So call that reality two. But I come from reality one. So that's why I can still exist in reality one and be the trigger, the instigator of reality two. Now, do I think that's actually possible in the real world? Probably not. That explanation, that resolution of the grandfather paradox in time travel is even more incredible than time travel itself but at least it does provide a logical way out of the paradox. Anyway, I'll Follow You Down takes great and rare care in treating these paradoxes seriously in both the setup and the resolution of the story. The acting is excellent, with Haley Joel Osment, Gillian Anderson, Victor Garber, and Rufus Sewell in the major roles, and the plot is satisfyingly tight in both the interpersonal relationships that power the story and the science and the science fiction that makes it possible. Little details, such as a pocket watch being left on the ground in a mugging and a character commenting, I don't know the reason the muggers left the watch, create a straightforward verisimilitude that lends credence to the entire story. That's a better way of handling loose ends than coming up with some kind of convoluted explanation, I think. The ending, in particular, is outstanding. Don't worry, I won't give it away. It was motivated, shocking, and ultimately, well, see the movie. It's not perfect. There's a crucial scene in which a father should have recognized his son a little sooner... But this movie comes pretty close and scores on all the issues that count in a narrative about the impact of time travel on a family that could almost be living right next door. Now, the third movie I saw was actually just last week, and it's a 2013 movie. The main name of the movie is 95ers, Time Runners, But for some reason, it's also known as 95ers Echoes, maybe because there's another movie called Time Runners. But anyway, on Amazon Prime, this movie is titled 95ers Time Runners, and that's where I saw it. Now, the beginning was a little light and zany to the point of being distracting, but the movie settled into a quite excellent time travel movie. The essential ingredient in any worthwhile time travel story is that it take the paradoxes of time travel seriously, as I was just saying in my review of I'll Follow You Down. And by seriously, I mean logically, consistently, ambitiously, in terms of the reach of the paradoxes and what the characters must do to circumvent or otherwise work with the paradox to achieve their own ends. And this... 95ers Time Runners does quite well and quite entertainingly. Among the high points and most originally developed facets of this contemporary distant future story on Earth, taking place mostly near Annapolis, by the way, that's not too far from Route 95, hence the title, we have debris from events altered by time travelers showing up in the new timelines created figuratively and literally grains of salt from a salt shaker that lost its cap in an original reality, but did not in a new corrected reality. We have time travel, not to dates, but events, which allows the time traveler to get not only whenever, but wherever she or he needs to go. We get events being more or less difficult to change because they have more or less, quote, gravity, unquote, attached to them. I like that. It's a nice play on the word gravity and its meanings in both physics and human relationships. And we have certain people in this story, the heroine in particular, who have the ability to rewind time and change events because they were born as part of a seventh paradox that's in quotes, and what it's referring to is a moment in time and space in which there was a notable rift in time and space caused by whatever, whomever. In addition, 95ers, Time Runners, has many of the usual touches of sophisticated time travel stories, such as characters being much more intimately related to one another than at first we were given to suppose, and the same character appearing at different times of her life as what seem to be different characters but are not, and characters savvy in the ways of time travel, doing their best to tiptoe around paradox, such as not letting themselves be seen by earlier versions of themselves as they travel to the past. These elements have been seen many times before, but this movie does them smartly, and manages to mix in references to traditional time travel stories such as Dickens, Christmas, Carol, and Wells, the Time Machine, and the musing that H.G. Wells did in that novel about mathematical lines. I thought I even saw someone who looked like Stephen Hawking in a cartoon drawing quickly displayed at one point in the movie. Touches like this make up for me for the deliberately cartoonish quality of much of the acting. So all in all, a fine, provocative, satisfying little movie written by Thomas and James Durham, directed by Thomas, well worth watching if time travel is your cuppa, as it is mine. The movie ends with a strong nod to a sequel, which I hope there is. The tone and style of 95ers reminds me of Trancers, which I loved. One of my all-time favorite science fiction movies, yes. And that had umpteen sequels, the first bunch of which were quite good. So, see these movies if you enjoy time travel. I guarantee you'll like at least one of them, probably all three of them. And uh, two other notes... To conclude this podcast, one, if you know of a movie, a recent off the beaten track, under the radar, time travel movie that you think I should see and review, you know my taste now based on this podcast, let me know about it. You can either leave a comment on the episode page, and that's at lightonlightthrough.com. That's L I G H T dot hcom or if you're shy, you can send me an email. That's Paul Levinson, uh, one word, P-A-U-L-L-E-V-I-N-S-O-N at lightonlightthrough.com And, if I see the movie and like it and review it, I'll be happy to mention your name in that podcast in which I do the review. Second, you might enjoy a movie which I won't be reviewing here because as egotistical as I am, even I have my limits. That movie is The Chronology Protection Case, and it's a movie that was made by Jay Kenzinger. He also stars in the movie. He directed and produced it. He wrote the screenplay, Based on a novelette that I had published in Analog Magazine back in 1995. So I have something to do with the movie, so I won't review it. But you might enjoy it, and by all means, review it if you like it, or even if you don't like it. And you can find that movie also on Amazon Instant Video and on iTunes. So I hope you have a good end of the year. I'll certainly be back here before the year is over with further episodes of light on light through in the meantime enjoy the light on light through podcast athens 2042 a.d